Patrick Pooch from the Carlton Footy Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Dane Zorko here from the Brisbane Lions. Jason Johannesson from the Western Bulldogs. Luke Parker here from the Sydney Swans. It's Roy Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Maxwell and Melbourne Football Club. This is Matt Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Number 15 in the 50 most relevant is one of the absolute superstars of the AFL. And maybe for you he's a little low, but the higher we get in the list, the harder it gets. Number 15, GWS superstar Josh Kelly. Just a couple of days ago, we had my special guest on that's back again, uh, the Phantom. Hello, mate. How are you? Well, thank you, mate. Thanks for having me back. One of my favourites. I couldn't miss out on this one. I know. When I'm giving you some names to talk about, there was some fights to make sure you got ahead of Josh Kelly as well. Make sure if you do play Super Coach, whether it be the draft or the salary cap format of it, make sure you go and check out the great work he's doing at the advertiser. Sometimes you'll see that roll through Super Footy, but make sure you go and subscribe to their podcast. Wherever you get your podcast from, just search for the Phantom's Lair and you'll be able to go and check that out. Let's talk about this GWS superstar still crazily enough just 24 years old um feels like we've been talking about him for an absolute eternity but he is an absolute out and out superstar of the competition he he just i don't know he doesn't really have a bad game does he phantom he doesn't no and he he's smooth moving he's got class he's in his goal kick we know goal kicking midfielders rule especially in super coach he's involved in a lot of giant scores. He probably is number one at the club for score involvements closely with obviously Toby Green too. But whatever he does, it's good. Whatever he's involved in, it turns out to be positive for the Sun. So um, like I said, there's nothing, there's not a lot he does wrong. Um, but then the question is, how often is he out there? That's, that's the concern obviously in 2020. That is the big concern that as we get towards the middle part of this episode, I want to have a really good conversation with you about that. Um, his best score last year in Supercoach came against the Hawks. It was a 154. Uh, while in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, his top score was a 148 against the North Melbourne Football Club last year. Personal best seasonal averages. It was just shy of 116 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team and 117.4 in Supercoach. Because of that, my friend, you are going to be paying a fair bit of cash to be able to go and get this man. Uh, just uh, around about 637k in Supercoach is what you're setting back. Around about 860,000 in AFL Fantasy and about 20k cheaper than that in AFL Dream Team. And Phantom, I don't know about for you, but there are certain players that when you just watch AFL across the weekend, there are certain players that you just, even though you don't support that team, you just love they the way they go about it. Winning the ball on the inside and the outside, using the ball with exquisite class and poise. And for me, Josh Kelly is probably one of my favourite players in the league to watch. I agree. I've had the same opinion for a while now. Yeah, the Phantom doesn't shy away from a from a bad prediction or a bad season, so I can pull up my own tyres. When I um, predicted that sort of breakout in 2017, being one of my favourites since then, and um, like you said, those attributes added to such a big endurance base, he's always there, gets from contest to contest. And like I said, last year played 14 home away, home and away matches, a super coach ton in 11 of them, mm. and he goes big, six of them in excess of 120. But given how good he is and how important he is to the Giants, that's also the downside in terms of fantasy. 
any niggle or any little problem, they're not going to uh, risk their start. They, they want him ready um, for when at the crunch end of the year, and that's been the problem in the last couple of years. Probably touch on a little bit more, but he's, he's missed 29 games. Yeah. So he's only played 29 games in the past two seasons. Yeah. Yeah, 29 of a possible 44. And that, and that's probably the biggest question mark people have on him is no one doubts his fantasy football pedigree or just how elite of an AFL midfielder he is. The question is, how many games are we going to get out of him? Because you're right, we look at that super coach season and that conversion of big hundreds in Dream Team and AFL Fantasy, very similar with that average of 115. 12 tons, um, seven of them over 120. In fact, between round nine and 15, he got six of those 120-plus scores in that format. Um, Barely has a game where he drops below 100. His lowest score last year in Supercoach was 82. In AFL Fantasy, it was 75, meaning that while he does have this really incredibly high scoring ceiling, his scoring floor or scoring basement is also not so that it burns you on the other side like a player such as a Lockie Neal who can be tagged out of a game and get you a 50 or a 60. We don't see that with Josh Kelly. It, I, I guess, is he almost untaggable, Phantom? I think so. Again, it goes back to that endurance base and what a, such a terrific athlete he is. No one can keep up with him. And then again, he's so smart when he's not on the move that he's always one or two steps ahead uh, of that opposition attention and he's so calm and composed with the ball in hand he's he's you know we, we say it all the time like a Scott Pendery Marcus Bontempelli they have a little bit more time or they seem to have a little bit more time than most other AFL players he is one of them he's always one step ahead I'd hate to be chasing him around and able at all he's one of those guys you're right um that when he gets on a scoring run not only does he hit hundreds, but big hundreds and big hundreds. I remember back to uh, 2018 where almost every week he was pumping out 130-plus scores in, in Supercoach. You know, just looking back in round 18 to 20, 21 that year, it was like 130, 130. That huge 205 that was a career-best score from him. Um, I forget he, that one. Yeah, it's, he's, it's not often we get a midfielder that can go 200, like we're talking Dunkley, um, Dangerfield. And Kelly, like, they're, I think they're the only three we've got. I'm sure someone will tweet me when I'm wrong, but I feel like they're the only current midfielders we have that have hit that 200 marker. And it's just what he what he does with the ball um, and what he creates. You know, if if Patrick Dangerfield uh, had, the, say, the class and the finishing skills of a Josh Kelly, um, his scores would be even through the roof. We talked about him the other day. But, um, again, his... So damaging for the centre for the Giants um, and on the scoreboard himself. Uh, couple that with his ball-winning ability uh, everywhere else on the ground, mm. he's almost got the perfect Supercoach score. Yeah, look, I, I love him as a player in all formats of the game. He's got ceiling. He's got a high hundred frequency, not just last year, but over the past few seasons, really, since he did have that breakout season back just a couple of years ago. Um, and his scoring floor is not so that it will hurt you. And what I find um, most intriguing about GWS and Josh Kelly this year, I suppose it's two big questions we've got is, one, um, what impact do you think Phantom will happen supposing all the GWS midfield stars play this year? Do you see that impacting the scores of Josh Kelly? I don't know. I, I don't think 
he's still the number one man in there. Um, I know they get Callum Ward back too. Obviously, um, the development another year of Tim Taranto. Cornelio back from his injury, they missed the second half there. But I still think if he's out there, um, he's still going to average 115 plus. Um, it's just when we talk total score, how long is going to be out there for? Is it enough? We know uh, he's been up the top five in both preseason 2K time trials so far. So he's tracking along nicely. Mm. But I'm still just a little bit concerned. Yeah, and I think that the concern is valid. And that's why for me, and I know everyone chooses to play the the limited trade formats of the game, you know, totally different. But for me, when I know I've got, you know, these 30 trades, I've got to get them through across the year. Look, different in AFL fantasy where it's two trades a week, use them or lose them. Um, But in the limited trade formats, when you're spending money on a premium, you want to make sure you're investing in a guy that, look, God willing, I suppose he plays 22 games for the year. But that's why for me, I, I think if the reason you're not starting Josh Kelly is because of an injury history concern, then I don't think you can upgrade to him during the year because that injury concern hasn't disappeared just because he's gone seven games at over 115. Uh, is that a, a philosophy you kind of buy into, Phantom, as well, of that it's either a start or pass no matter what he gets? Um, or is there always a reason to move around that? Well, it, it's a good question. Um, firstly, I'm not going to start with him, and, and you're probably right. He's not someone who's going to be... High on my, it's hard because he does it for ten or twelve games in a row, and you need to make your final upgrade after the buy. Yeah. Um, and he's flying. Uh, it'd be hard not to do so. But then, even if the slight new, especially in that back half of the year when the finals are going to be so close, uh, that's when more trouble can come. So I, I probably do. I'm not. I can't say 100% agree with that statement, but um, I, there is definitely some merit into that, especially with him. We spoke about. My three-year analysis uh, yeah. a couple of days Patrick Dangerfield. He's got obviously 362 more points and Jack McRae at number two. So Jack McRae, 7,476 points in the last three years. Josh Kelly, almost 2,000 points behind, mm. 5,752. He's only played 50 games of a possible 66 home and away matches in the last three years. So, And again, with him, there's been no ACL injury or a broken no. leg or uh, your contact... Uh, issues. He's had hip, knee, groin issues. He's had all of it. So, yeah, there's definitely reason uh, to take that injury history into account. It hasn't been any accidental knocks or the like. Yeah, and the the key thing is, is you're entering into the season, again, everyone chooses to play it differently, is 12 months ago, people had these massive concerns over Brad Crouch. He's never been able to put a full season together. And yep. yet he did. Twelve months prior to that, Devin Smith has never put twelve, you know, twenty-two games of footy together, and yet he did. Taylor Adams, like we can do it every year. It just because they have an injury history doesn't mean they're going to have it. All it does is yeah. you have that as a variable. You go, I know historically he's going to miss games, so if I start him or even trade him in during the year, odds suggest I'll probably have to trade him out with a longer-term injury. But it's not a reason not to pick him. It's just you've got to know that going eyes wide open in. Absolutely. And I guess when you put him up against some of the more uh, consistent midfielders in that price bracket who are a little bit more reliable with their body, even if Kelly's missing two or three games, maybe they're a bit cautious later in the year. Yeah. You know, that creates 350 total points to your score. So um, it's a tough one because, as we said before, there's no better player to watch 
over the weekend than Josh Kelly. But I still think for me, maybe in the past I've probably overlooked um, some larger samples and tried to overlook the injury history a little bit more. And and, and you're right, it doesn't mean don't pick him. Um, but I'm going to probably go with the guys we think we can trust it a little bit more this year. Yeah, and I understand that um, as, as the reason too. Everyone chooses to set their starting squads up differently. Some just look for guys with ceiling. Others like to choose yep. to play it safe um, and get guys they know that they're durable, dependable, and they'll bring some, you know, some flair and fancy scoring, um, you know, as the year goes on. All of those are perfectly okay. That's the beauty of these formats of the game, isn't it? Is there's no one must-have formula to go with or even really must have player to some extent is there's always unique variations of how you can get to the ultimate objective which is to win your leagues and to get the top ranking absolutely and like I said that's just a great thing um, about a game and you know even on social media this morning um, a lot of talk about guys who um, are surprised about the low ownership of Josh Kelly and they'll be mm. jumping on board so there are a lot of different opinions about him and also might come down to what you're doing elsewhere. Are yeah. you starting injury-prone guys elsewhere? Um, you know, obviously, what are you doing with Tom Mitchell in defence? Uh, Tom Duday or Dylan Robertson? Are you taking the risk there where you sort of can't afford to do it in the midfield? So, yeah. like I said, a lot of different variables into it comes into the equation when you're going to way up at Josh Kelly in the midfield. Yeah, it certainly is. There is no doubt that he is one of the best scorers in the game. The question is... Will he be able to do it enough for us in 2020? And that, I suppose, fandom is when it comes to drafts, is where it's going to be fascinating to see where people place him because, you're right, missing games can sting you in the draft formats a little bit. Where do you have him ranked in Supercoach drafts this year? It's a tough one. I I definitely, if I had my second pick, regardless of where it was, I think he'd probably still take him um, very early in the second round. Just, I know it goes against what I said about in the classic format, but I think um, if you locked away safe digital player, especially in the first round, mm. he's probably not going to be there in the third round. So I think somewhere in the second round is about right for him. Um, if you can be sure he played 22 games, he'd be going in the top five. Yep. We discussed with Paddy Dangerfield a couple of days ago, but that... Um, the doubt or the, the element of risk, I guess, with his body um, based on previous data, it probably pushes him back probably about 10 spots, I reckon. Yeah, I think so. Look, and that's where for me, and I think it's similar in, in um, the other formats of the game is people will be turned away probably because of the game's history, but to get a guy that can average 115 with your second selection in a draft... Um, whether that's your first midfielder because you've locked in another line or you're going for two midfielders straight out of the gate. You just can't say no to that. I think you've just got to trust your bench in that point yep. in time too and go, look, for the maybe the three, four, five, six games he misses through the year, yep, I might drop 20-odd points a game, but he might win me three or four games just in a head-to-head matchup because of that. So trust your bench. Trust that you can pick up a late fly that absolutely crunches through. And most rounds, we're going to get a decent option that we could, you know, plug into our sides for a, you know, a high 80s, 90s. And that's not going to be the difference in your midfield to cost you. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't couldn't agree more with that analysis. I'll, yeah, I'll definitely have him. I think, you know, like I said, even if you do take a midfielder with your first pick in your super coach draft, especially... 
if he's still there with his second, I think he probably just have to do it. Yeah, I think so too, man. Hey, appreciate your thoughts today on Josh Kelly. Mate, thank you again for having me. Um, love your work as always and looking forward to seeing the rest of the countdown unfold. Thank you, mate. If you want to go and uh, check out the rest of the 50 Most Relevant, you can go and check that out at coachespanel.tv. All the links for all of the players revealed thus far. If you're loving what you're getting from the Coaches Panel right now, you can support us on Patreon. And if you've been enjoying the work of the Phantom over the past couple of days, maybe you're just new to playing Super Coach. It's a great piece of content and resource to get involved with. You can search for The Phantom's Lair wherever you get your podcasts. You can go and check them out at The Advertiser for all of the articles that he and the rest of the team are creating for Supercoach. We head almost to the end of the teens of the 50 most relevant. And who will it be tomorrow? Tomorrow.